Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast, episode 175. 175. And uh, tonight it is myself and David here. Hello, Dave. Hello, David. Full Sorry, name in yeah. me there, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not even <laughs> David, Sunday and David, I'm getting called Dave David. Coates. <laughs> there you go. David Dave Coates. That's it. My, my catchy middle name. Yeah. I've been called worse, so I'll go with I'll go with that. But yeah, just the two of us. We we haven't banned Ben. He's um say commentating on Cambodian greyhounds or whatever it is he does I think <laughs> how's your week been it's quiet at the moment isn't it very quiet yeah busy in the work world but very quiet in the uh, in the oval town world but uh, I guess for like the the week previous was uh, quite a busy one wasn't it all in all on and off the pitch so um yeah we're probably due due a quiet one aren't we yeah there was all the released and retained lists and all the coaches appointed and then obviously exactly. we we spoke to the gaffer last week our very own gaffer's presser um <laughs> yeah <laughs> which we've had lots of nice comments about so uh, thank you to everyone for listening uh i think it's our most listened to one more than 600 yeah yeah more over 600 when i last looked so thanks to everyone who's downloaded it and listened to the gaffer thought we spoke very well and it was a nice chat it's you know First time we've done one of them, and it seemed to go down well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, as you say, he seemed uh, uh, po- pos- positive, upbeat, but realistic. I thought, which was which is a nice balance, isn't it? Because you get managers, and we said it last week, who come in and say, "Oh, we want to win the league, we want to do this," whereas you know he obviously understands where he's what he's coming to, um, and he's positive, and he shows what he wants to do, but he doesn't want to, yeah. 
get people too riled up, does he? To um, because he he understands the challenges. Is. So yeah, I liked it. Nice, nice balance. I I I definitely feel like I'm I'm rooting for him now. I yeah, I want him to do well. Not that I didn't before, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this guy. Um, and well, I I openly admit he wasn't my first choice when 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 we took him on as manager. He wouldn't he wouldn't have been my pick, but. Based on everything I've seen and everything that I've heard, I've voted in the Glover's Cast weekly poll this week saying that I've um, been quite impressed with what he's done. I know a few people have said you can't judge him until he's, you know, his team has kicked the ball. But I think the re-signings of players um, could have uh, could have got another way if he if he hadn't had a good conversations with the people that um, they did. Either like. So some of those might not have uh, resigned, or you know, even if we're triggering contracts, they, they still could have made it a lot more difficult than than they did. And uh, and I think the release list, looking at the players that we let go, I, I don't think there's too many that I I would have argued. I don't think there's really any that I particularly would have argued with um with going. What do you, what do you think about the players that we um? We let go. So that's Dale Gorman, Adi Yusa, Jordan Barnett, Alex Bradley, Ruben Reed, Mark Little. Any complaints about any of those going? No, I mean, I, I guess the, the the ones we chose to release were Reed, Little, Yusuf, Alex Bradley and Barnett. We obviously tried to keep Dale Gorman, but he's rejected a contract and, and gone. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I'm not massively disappointed about Dale Gorman, but I think he is potentially a player we will miss given how many minutes he played last season he was like he played the most games for us last year and i think as a as a player he's probably one that will will miss him not being in the team like those games where he wasn't there he was a notable absence we were noticeably poor without him so it'll be some boots to fill in dale gorman um but you know no more shots from ridiculous positions and bad corners and crosses. So that's that's something. And like you like you're saying, I think that the people we've kept hold of. So we, you know, Josh Staunton was top priority for most of us to keep because he was one who was going to be leaving and didn't have an extension clause that could be triggered like the others. So I think securing Josh Staunton and Lawson Diath and Matt Worthington, you know, that's three big Pluses, obviously, the outstanding one's Charlie Wakefield. There's a deadline on that, which we don't know what that is. But um, how, how do you feel about the Charlie Wakefield situation? I was having a chat with um, former quiz champion Rob Manley today on my lunch break, and we were sort of torn between. That's how he refers to himself now, is it? <laughs> it is, he yeah. Doesn't he doesn't respond unless you call him former quiz champion Rob Manley? Um, and we were sort of, you know, there's a lot of positivity amongst us at the moment and a bit of optimism and you know we were on the side of the fact that he's not signed anywhere else yet is a good sign for us in our view although a lot of the comments on you know social media the fact that he hasn't signed yet is a bad sign he's going so how how are you feeling about that situation 
Well, I, I just look at it on Instagram. He's at Adi Yusuf's wedding in Marrakesh, by the way. Is it? So, wow. um, so the, he's, he's certainly been busy. So I imagine he's probably yeah, yeah, got got, got bigger things in his mind than whether he uh, whether he signs for us, unless he's signing for someone in Marrakesh. Maybe I don't know. But um, I mean, it's it, it's it's one of those. Isn't it? You look at the January, uh, well, not sorry, January, the July the first is presumably when his contract expires. Um, so you'd imagine that we'll find out something um, between between now and then. Um, I think he'll leave. I think personally, I don't think he'll leave necessarily because I think it might be a geography thing. I think it might be something that he, you know, wants to be closer to to, to home, which I think is is, is Brighton. So um, if if he were to sign for a club in the sort of the London area, that would make a lot of sense. I think um, that. If he if he signed for a club up north, or I mean, then I'd be I'd be a bit more disappointed with that. But um, are you hinting at a Woking move here? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean, Woking Woking have signed everyone already, haven't they? So um, you know, and uh, and Oldershot are buying up the relegated Weymouth team. So um, yeah, that that's two two national league clubs. I'd say are. Uh, uh, are, are unlikely. So no, I don't hint at working moves. I, there's other people out there, no names, Robin Bachelor, <laughs> who can do that. <laughs> um, so no, but I, I hope he does stay. And uh, obviously, our poll this week suggested that I don't know, ninety percent was it or something? Well, three hundred odd people said they hoped you could stay. So like yes, I said, Charlie, you know what to do. An overwhelming majority want you, Charlie. Please yeah. don't go. Please don't go. Yeah. Please don't go. Um, and as as for the release players, like you said, not not any major surprises. I think had the FA charge against Jordan Barnett not come up, perhaps he'd be one that we would say. Uh, maybe. I mean, you mentioned about games that that Dale Gorman played, and um, admittedly, uh, Messrs. Yusuf Barnett and. Bradley, I well, know probably Yusuf and Barnett benefited from a few Somerset Premier Cup games in there. But in terms of overall um, appearances, Dale Gorman played 47, Adi Yusuf played 45, and Jordan Barnett played 45 as well. So, mm. I mean, league league uh, uh, league games were um, fewer for for Yusuf and and Barnett. But yeah, I mean they they. Like I say, there's a lot of minutes to fill there as well, I think. Um, and yeah. even when you add in, you think Mark Little and Ruben Reed only played half a season. Um, they played, well, Ruben Reed made 29 appearances, Mark Little 20. So there's experience in minutes there. But I, I think when we heard from the manager last week, he knows that, doesn't he? He's yeah. not under any illusions that strikers and experience and all the rest of it are things that he's going to need. So, yeah, I think. I'm 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 not worried. I'm not I'm I'm not thinking. Oh God, Woken are signing players and Aldershot are signing players. We should be signing players. I'm, you know, I'm happy with the nucleus that we've got there of uh, re-signing players. And I think, in a way, do you want to rush into it when? Yeah, there, there, there will be players out there, won't there? There'll be a lot of players out there, I imagine, uh, come the start of July. So yeah, I'm I'm not too panicked about it. No, not that you asked me if I was panicked about it, but no, you don't strike me as a panicky man, Dave. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> well, I can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one place where players may be coming from next season are the under 18s, and 
coming up now. We have got a chat with Matt Percival. So enjoy the chat and we will be back on the other side of that with your questions. So we're delighted to welcome Matt Percival to the Glovers cast. Matt is the EPDP lead coach and is the under-18s manager at Yeovil Town. Matt, welcome to the Glovers cast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Oh, he yeah. said that very slowly and very precisely, so it didn't sound like you're talking in Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of anxiety about saying EPDP. Um, EPDP. That's two managers on the podcast in two weeks, so we must be doing something right, Dave. Um, Back-to-back bosses. That's where they all come. <laughs> um, firstly, Matt, to those who, who don't know and, and aren't totally familiar with the under-18 setup, what does it look like at the moment and, and how is the like association with Yeovil College and, and sort of how does that relationship work? Uh, yeah, so the, the relationship with the college is, is really strong. Um, we, the, the lads are there as, as much as they're with us. So um, their schedule is, they do their, all their academics at the college um, through, through, through the lecturers there where they study a level three BTEC in sport. Um, which when they finish that, it gives them different avenues to do as, as far as playing their football. It gives them a good opportunity to go to university or go into work or apprenticeships. Or we've, we've had lads go to America on the scholarship programs there um, and play as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, the relationship with the college is really strong. Um, it gets stronger every year, really. Um, they've just employed someone just to look after our lads um, academically. So the college are really behind what we're doing. Um, it makes up a, a, a big chunk of their students on, on the sport programme there um, and on their sport students. So, so yeah, they really back what we do. Um, and the lads train with us three times a week uh during the day at the club on the 3g um so they're, they're around it all the time so it's, it's, it's good exposure for them to see what what the club's like during the day when the players are there they have a lot of crossover with the first team um lads quite often go up and train with the first team um and then they play their games on a wednesday in the college league where we play as yeovil college um where we represent the college and then on a saturday we play as the under 18s for yeovil which is in the southwest counties youth league um which we were in many, many years ago. And we have actually won it in, I think it was 2000, 2001, back to back. Um, but that, that league's like a really competitive league. It's what um, previously clubs like Forest Green were in it, Exeter City were in it. It's what clubs under 18s go into when they come out of the Football League, when they're not in the Youth Alliance League anymore. Um, and that's the league they, were, they, they go into, um, which was why we've come back into it. it's really competitive you've got Torquay United in it um you've got Bath City in it um and a lot of Cat One college programs so like the best college programs in the area have Saturday teams in there as well um so yeah it's a really competitive league so the lads get loads of um challenges um and they obviously do their education as well which is is, is half of the uh, half of the program for them yeah so it's the college is that just the academic bit or do do they have like coaches that get involved in coaching them as, as footballers as well? Or is it purely academic, the, well, the so college the lads, element? The lads just do their academics at the college um, and then they come down to the football club um, and get coached by, by us at the club. Um, so... Um, yeah, they, they, they come down to the club. Normally, 
the sessions are split. So I normally get the second years uh, in the morning. So the year two students in the morning and then the first year students are at college and then they switch over at lunchtime and I get the first years in the afternoon and the second years go for their education, um, which works well. We, we get to see all the lads and I get to do two sessions a day, which is always good. Um, so I spend a lot of time on the grass, which is always good. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is the college are really supportive of what we do. Um, there's, there's loads of industry knowledge up there, not just with football, but the sport industry as a whole. So if the lads have ever got any questions about what they want to do um, post when they leave us, um, there's, there's loads of knowledge there as well. Um, so they are really well looked after our lads. And, and how was it you got involved in the under 18s? Where, where, how did that come about? Uh, so I joined the academy the year we went into the National League um, on like a voluntary basis. So I started a, the college offer what they call a HND. So it's the first two years of a degree. Um, and they still offer it now, which is it's a really good course because it gives you, um, you can do the first two years locally and then you can top up in a third year elsewhere if you wanted to, which is what I've done. Um, so I started the first two years. I did a sort of R&R about going away to uni. So I looked at like Heartbreeze and Marjon in Plymouth and Solent in Southampton. Um, but the driving factor to stay locally was that if I did the course, they'd sort of put me on a placement at the football club. Um, so I decided to stay locally and do, uh, did it here. Um, so my first year I got put in with Jamie Harrison, who was the academy manager at the time. Um, I was doing volunteering. I did a lot of the analysis for the academy that year. Um, and then when 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 the funding stops from the EFL um, and obviously the academy stopped running as a cat three program um i was asked to stay and me and mark challen did the under 18s last not the season we've just had the season before um when we were in the cat four and then i've, I've stayed through and mark left in december of the year we've just had uh, and i got given the under 18s then so i've been leading it since january time um so yeah this is my third season at the club um and yeah i've really enjoyed being here uh, it's been nice to sort of work my way through and get to sort of where i am now um but yeah i've seen it sort of progress and the program sort of has still the the edp in the college program was a thing when we did have the academy as well it was just sort of on the back burner because we obviously had the scholars and things like that but now when Chris needs players, we're the programme that he comes to because we're the under 18s for the football club. Um, so now it's, it's it's the primary source of players for, for the club to develop. So we, we are getting a pathway. So the, the JPL, the Community Trust as well, they're sort of supplying us with under 16s. And from under 16s, they come and join our programme. So I think we've got about eight or nine lads who were in that under 16s team this year for the JPL who are making that progression into our under 18s now. Um, so we are starting to see that sort of fall into place. Um, I try and base our model of where we're going from what Chris Todd's done at uh, Torquay because they obviously, their academy closure, everything like that happened sort of five, six years ago. And where they are now is kind of what I aspire for us to be. So they've got like 60 lads on their college programme. Um, their, their JPL is really successful when it's kind of, we're, we're going to get there and 100% we will get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time to sort of tie everything together. Um, but it's, it's a really exciting time to work with all the youth side of the club. Obviously, we've had Ollie sign as pro and, and to get a lad off of a college programme into a professional contract is like a massive achievement for anybody. Um, there's only a handful really across the country that, that get that opportunity. Um, I think there was a lad at Gateshead um, that got one. 
Um, I think four or five from Ollie's England Colleges team have been offered pros at other clubs. I think one's gone to Luton, one's just signed for Nottingham, Notts County. Um, so to, for us to be able to offer somebody a contract like that is, is a massive achievement for, for the club. And Ollie's a lad who was with us in the academy as well. So he's not just a kid that we've sort of gone and found and picked up. He, he's been a part of the club for, for three years now. So he's, he's someone we're really happy he's gone and made that progression. Um, but again, it just, it just like I say, it's, it's exciting to be a part of what we're doing at the moment. Um, and that, that door is definitely open for the lads if they, if they work hard enough and they do their academics and they, they, they excel on the pitch and they're in the gym and they work hard. Um, and it's hard for, hard for the first team not to have a look at them um, because we're, we're producing good players for him. You mentioned Chris Todd there and Torquay and that model. Yeah. Um, perfect man to come in and, and sort of give you guys some yeah, advice sure. off the back of his, his, his announcement. Um, how, how closely did you work with like Darren Saal on getting players in and how closely do you foresee working with the new, the new team? Yeah, so um, yeah, I was really excited when when Chris was sort of coming in. I was really excited because when we went and played Torquay earlier in the season, I actually asked him. I was like, oh, "Can we just have a chat about like, your program and things like that?" So I was picking his brains even when he wasn't at the club. So, so now he's in house. So I'm I'm, I'm probably going to be a bit of a nuisance for him asking questions. But no, he's someone I'm really excited to to have because um, he's he's done it before and he knows what it's about. Um, and Torquay last season was. They were one of the best teams in, in the country as far as colleges go, not just the southwest, but they they excelled nationally. It's not just locally. Um, so to have him overseeing and having a look and making sure we're doing the right things is 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 a real asset to the club. So it's it's really really a, a good appointment for the for the club as far as the youth development goes. Um, and Darren Darren was good with the program. So Darren used to come and do sessions with the lads um, sometimes. So they got some. Some really good coaching from Darren, um, and obviously with the Somerset Cup, he gave a lot of lads the opportunity to play in that. Um, so yeah, he he sort of oversaw the, the start of the program as as a as what it is 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 supplying players for him. So lads used to go and train with Darren regularly, um, and as well Charlie. Charlie was a big supporter of the program as well um, during his 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 stint um, looking after the um, looking after the football club. Um, but yeah, yeah, Charlie was excellent with the lads as well and, and came and did sessions and came and got involved in the sessions. So um, yeah, the, the first team in the past sort of season have, have always backed what we're doing. Um, even even people like Scott Wickens doing the SNC is, is keen to get involved with what we're doing as well. Um, so yeah, the relationship with the first team is, is excellent. It's really, really strong. Can I ask you about the Somerset Premier Cup? Because obviously, so many of the players from the under 18s made it made it through. I mean, what was that? How much did they get from that experience? And do you think it will happen again this coming season that we'll see more of the lads going and getting that first team experience? Yeah, so I think we had nine in total play in the Somerset mm-hmm. Cup, which, considering we only have, I think we finished the season with 24 in the squad. So it's, it's almost half of the lads were, were either played and a few more were on the bench and didn't play and others warmed up. So it was it was good for everybody to get a taste of what it was um, and for them to just be around the first team environment because it is it's chalk and cheese really from being in a youth team to going and being in a first team environment. The atmosphere is different um, and if they're going to make that transition into men's football, it's, it's inevitable that's going to happen. So for them to get some experience now is, 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 is really valuable for the lads. Um, really really valuable so they all enjoyed it and they always come back with a bit of a buzz and there's always a buzz around the group after the Somerset Cup games um, 
so yeah the lads thoroughly enjoyed it and and I thoroughly enjoyed being involved with it as well it was, it was good for my development as well as a coach to sort of see that side of it um and be around the first team as, as much as possible for me as well yeah there were a few names that stuck out when they last season I think um Jake Graziano Finn Skiverton and and uh, Benjani Jr. Um, yeah. I think Ben, Ben, who's not here tonight, but Ben always wants to know if uh, Benjani, Benjani's dad gets involved or there's any sort of, you know, if there's any sort of, uh, you know, tie in with him helping out at any point. Yeah, so he has actually been a couple of times to watch games. Um, so we have met him, we have, we have seen him. Um, but I think he, he works with, uh, I think it's the... Zimbabwe FA or something like that. He, he works out there quite a lot, so he's he's he's, he's in Africa quite a lot. Um, but yeah, he, when he when he is there, he's really supportive, um, and he was a big part of us getting hold of Benji and then sort of getting him involved with the program, which has been really valuable for us because he's 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 an absolute machine when he plays for us. <laughs> Ridiculous numbers last year. I think he scored like twenty five goals or something stupid. Um, I think he only played about 3,000 minutes as well. So if you put it as 30 games and 25 goals, it's just a great return. Um, but yeah, he's, he's one that will have pressure put on him to try and get into the first team next year at some point, whether it's Somerset Cup or whether it's National League or whatever. Um, he's someone that we're looking to kick on. Um, and the same with Jake as well. Um, Jake's someone we're really excited about being involved. I think he's done excellent in the Somerset Cups and... and whichever manager it was who took him was really happy with how he did. Um, so, yeah, we, we're really excited with the group that we've kept as well as the ones who've gone on to, to play elsewhere. Is, is Jake a fullback? Yeah, so Jake's... Um, so Jake's been a part of the... He was in the academy and before that he was in the JPL as well. So Jake's like Yeovil through and through from his from his football and education. Um, he probably is a fullback and if he's going to play at a high level I think it will be fullback and he knows it's going to be fullback um, he, he plays sort of in the middle for us with the academy just well, with the under 18s purely because he's, he's one of the best players um, so he has to help us out in there um, but yeah fullback I think he'll do he'll do well in, and that's where he's played in the Somerset Cup and I think he was involved in the goal that Corey Andrews scored as well I think he drove inside and dumped it off to someone so he's, he's chipping in in that way and again there'll be There'll be an expectation on him to sort of hit the ground running this year and come back fit for pre-season and sort of kick on from there. I think he stuck out against Cheddar. I think yeah, did, yeah. did he play fullback against Cheddar? And he, yeah. he certainly looked like he was um, quite comfortable yeah, in sure. that game. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple of times, Matt, about the JPL and the um, Community Sports Trust. Obviously, there isn't a academy and, and that pathway, but it sounds like you're almost creating a pathway for yourself because the, the, the Community Sports Trust, they have even lower age groups, don't they? Like 13s, 14s, I think. Yeah, so I think they go down. So they work with kids that are young as like three. Um, so they go right the way down to, to lit, real little ones. I think um, Louis and Lewis have just started, a, I think they call it, um, I can't remember, mini glovers, I think they call it, or mini glovers, something like that. It's ages three to four. So they're even going that young now. So there's potential that one day you could have a kid who comes in at three and leaves as a pro at some point. Um, there's that pathway for, for the lads to have them. Um, but yeah, the relationship with JPL is really good. Um, I'm always asking Louis and Lewis questions about lads that they've coached previously who want to come and do the course. Or when I've been to see lads, this I sort of say, oh, like, where, who have you seen and who do you like? Um, 
and we 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 played and were involved with their 16s we played them in a friendly last year a couple of times um so we, we kept tabs on what they were doing as well um so we, we we know their squads quite well um so I'm, again i'm really looking forward to next year and seeing what they've got as far as their age groups go um but yeah we've we've kind of got the age groups and the pathway still is that nothing like that's changed that the age groups are still there and the players are still in um we're just not any EFL academy anymore which which can't happen because of the league we're in and, and the way the funding works from the EFL so they whatever you put in the EFL put in the same um, and as as we've fallen out of the league that funding is no longer there so it, it doesn't make sense to spend loads of money on the academy when that money could be used better in the first team um, so the, the model we've got now is is more cost effective for the club and it, it serves just as good a purpose for the club as far as the players were looking to develop as well um, so yeah, the, the, we know we, we haven't lost anything as such because we've still got the age groups there um, and the, the amount of players haven't changed or anything like that. And a lot of the lads who play in the JPL are lads that were in our academy anyway. Um, and then definitely the ones, some of the ones that we've brought in, there's probably five or six lads that are coming into the, the 18s last year who were with us previously in the academy as well. So a lot of those lads haven't disappeared and because they're local lads, they want to come back and get involved in the club because a lot of them are supporters as well. Um, so for them to be involved again, it's, it's, it's really good for them. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds great. Um, I think in terms of our sort of first team coaches, we haven't really had anyone with the experience and um, who's someone who's got to the heights like Marcus Stewart has. Uh, a lot of the players probably within your team We'll have no idea about what Marcus Stewart did as a footballer or the heights he reached. Are you looking forward to sort of leaning on him and getting him into to do some coaching with with the guys? Yeah, for sure. Again, when when you've got someone with the experience that Marcus has, it, it'd be silly not to speak to him and get him involved. And we'll try and get him involved in what we're doing. Like, if there's even a, a percentage of what he knows that we can implement into some of our lads, then then they're going to do much better and they're going to gain something. Um, and the lads will Google him anyway, so they'll know what he's about <laughs> and they'll read up and you know what they're like. Um, so, so they'll read up and they'll, they'll do their own vetting on people. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, the staff that Chris has brought in and Chris himself is, is going to be really valuable to the programme and Chris has been really supportive of what we're trying to do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to getting the lads back in now and sort of kicking on with them um, because we're really excited for what we've what we've brought together this year and the numbers we've got on the program we're breaking records as far as the numbers we're looking at probably close to 40 lads coming in as a squad next year so we've got really high numbers which one or two of them are going to be around the level that we want to kick on so the the more we get the more chance that we're going to find kids like that and the the more kids we get the the higher the standards going to get and the better the sessions get so the program itself is really growing and it's it's going to be a successful program that's that's inevitable really um but it's just going to take time to get it to where we want it to be as a club um but yeah for having marcus and having chris and uh, having toddy involved this is it's going to be massive for the lads um because they're all youth developers they've all been involved in youth development um so that they're all gonna i know i know how valuable they're going to be for the lads who else did you have supporting you last year, Matt? Did did you have a like a not maybe not coaching team, but did you have other people that were were there with you? Uh, yeah, so we had um, there's a few people who've, who've popped in and out. Obviously, um, it was me and Mark leading the program, so we were the yeah. ones sort of doing it together. 
um, up until December time. Um, and then when Mark left, there was a bit of a transition where I was trying to find people to come in and help and things like that. Um, and it's, it's, it's about finding the right people as well. You can't just, because they're young lads and they're um, easily influenced and led astray and things like that. It's, it's, you've got to get the right people in um, and finding the right people can be hard. But we, we built a, quite a strong core of staff. I had a lad called Josh, Josh Atwood helping me, who's a goalkeeper, a local lad. Um, so he was doing goalkeeper coaching with our keepers. So having a goalkeeper coach again is, is a lot of clubs don't have that even at academy levels. So it's, it was that was really important for us. Needed some really good work. Um, we had a lad called Dan, who's a local lad again, personal trainer, who was coming in doing some SNC lessons with the lads. So strength and conditioning. Um, the lads always used to hate it when Dan rocked up because they knew they were going to have a tough session because he was going to run them. <laughs> um, but again, it, it, part of that is that's the exposure they'll get when they get to the professional game. If they play at a high standard, like whatever club they go to, we'll have an SNC, they'll have a goalkeeper coach. So if we can sort of rebuild the model, the first team we're working with staff-wise, as, as obviously as, as best we can, um, then again, it just it just leads into supporting, supporting the lads and making sure they're getting the best experience. I always say to the lads when they come in, whatever you do, I, I just want you to have the best experience for the two years or however long you're with us. So if that means playing for the first team or if that means getting coached by Chris or if that means playing FA Youth Cup somewhere nice or if it means whatever it means, as long as they leave with the best experience they could have had, then we've kind of done our jobs because whenever lads come in, the way that their development goes, so we train six hours a week, whereas if they play grassroots, they're probably lucky to get one. So if you times their development by six as grassroots lads, it, it just goes through the roof. And the amount of lads we get in as well, where I'll say like, or who's watched themselves play before, like who's had a game filmed and like three or four put their hands up and like we film all the games so the lads can watch it back and we re-review it and do our analytics and do our analysis on it as well. Um, so the lads get to get get to feel like professionals really. We treat them, I was obviously there when we had scholars and I, I treat the lads the same as if they were scholars. Um, so they're still getting a, a top, top, level of um attention from the club brilliant um i think one like sort of two of the, the big names that jumped out recently were um ollie haste and before that toby stevens i think yeah, sure. to toby signed his pro deal and he's sort of bounced around on a on a couple of loans what what do you think the future is for toby he seems to have like seems to have something about him as a player he's good on the ball good technically but not quite made that that jump to be a squad player as such yet. Yeah, I think I think Toby will get there. He's, he's when we had him in the academy, he was, we, were, we were probably lucky to keep Toby because he had offers elsewhere um, on scholarships and things like that. Um, but he stayed with the club, and his dad was a big part of keeping him at the club. So, so credit to Toby and credit to his dad for for staying and being involved with it. Um, I think he's been unlucky as far as like the past couple of years go with opportunities. I think he will get his chance and he'll get his opportunities. Um, but yeah, Toby's Toby's a good a good player. Again, he's a local lad, and getting local lads into the first team and being around it is what you guys want to see as supporters. You want people that you can relate to being around it. And Toby's local. He grew up local. Um, he's got a Somerset accent, so he must be from the area. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think I think Toby will get there. Um, uh, and Toby will get there, I'm sure, and, and Chris has got a plan for him, I'm sure. Um, he he wouldn't still be at the club if he wasn't going to be a part of it. Um, so, so, yeah, Toby's someone that you should be excited to, to see 
play more as he gets older as well. Like he's had two years of two years of um, first team coaching now, and he's he's still only eighteen, um, so he's he's still a, he's still a kid basically. Um, yeah. So for him to break through in that time period would have been a, a, a pretty mean feat. Um, but but for now he's, he's he's got his opportunity now, and he's getting to an age where I think he'll he'll want to kick on. Um, which is again really exciting, and, and Ollie's someone I think will hit the ground running. He's he's a really athletic lad, um, comes from a lovely background. His, his family are farmers, so they're really down to earth. Um, lovely, lovely, lovely family. Um, lovely lad as well. Ollie's Ollie's an excellent lad. Um, uh, he was really good leader and good around our dressing room, so I'm sure he's going to click with the first team dressing room really well as well. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's an exciting time for those two young lads to be involved in the squad moving forward and be around people who can help them like Josh Thornton and, and uh, Lawson and people like that who've got good experience. Um, and as well, Morgan Williams is someone who got his opportunity through being at a college programme as well. So he's someone that the lads can look up to as well to see where he's gone and who he's played for and what he's done in the game from a similar situation to what they're in currently. Um so yeah, there's there's a lot of good people to help them, and obviously the the, the staff at the club as well are, are going to be really backing of them and supportive of them as well. So it's a really exciting time for those two um, to be a part of the first team. We've mentioned obviously a few that played in the Somerset Premier Cup: Jake Graziano and Ben Johnny Junior. I know briefly played in the Somerset Premier Cup. Who else is there in the under 18s that you think could start to? trouble the first team in maybe this next season? Um, there's a few as well that were involved. I think Sam Hodges is a good player. He, he got unlucky last year with a few few injuries. He was out for a, a long period of time, which I know he was really frustrated with as well. Um, so he's one I'm, I'm hoping will kick on this year. If he can stay fit, he's, he's going to be someone I think will be knocking on Chris's door. Um, Mason Hunter as well was involved last year and, and held himself well. Um, so he's someone, again, who who with the right guidance and the right looking after um, early on in the season, I think he, he again could kick on and all these lads train with the first team and have trained with the first team. So it's, it's not just like we're throwing them in the deep end. They, they know what to expect. They know they're playing around that sort of level. Um, and yes, the, the first years as well, when we get them in and see sort of where they're at as far as their development goes, um, I'm sure some of them will be, be kicking on as well. Um, because, like I say, a lot of them are ex-academy lads with us or elsewhere or wherever. Um, so we're expecting them to come in at a good level. And from what I've seen, at the level they were playing, they were the better players. Um, but it's sort of seeing where they fit into where we, what we've currently got and how far we've got to take them to start kicking on towards the first team. Um, now, you've got, now you've got rid of Chris Todd at Torquay. You know, he's not managing there, is he? He's double... <laughs> It can it can come in. Did they win the they won the league and the cup last year, didn't they? Yeah, last Torquay, yeah they were they were yeah. a force last year. They were they were really really strong, um, and they they recruited well. And like I say, their programs like quite far advanced to where we currently are. Um, so like we will get there, and we will be competing with that. Whether it's this season or the season after, or the season after that, um, we're, we're going to get to those heights. But it's just going to take time to sort of build the name of the program and then get the recruitment right, and then the better kids we get in, the higher we go up the college leagues and then you can recruit better players because you're in a higher league. Um, and then it's, it's word of mouth as well and, and building relationships with the schools as well is, is, is a massive part of our recruitment. So 
Um, this week we had Wadham School come in, who are, who are crew Kern based. Um, so getting their year 10s in, looking towards recruitment for next September. Um, so we are getting involved with the schools and, and in all, it just ties it together. Like some of the lads who came in from Wadham were, were massive Oval fans. So for them to come in and meet Chris and have a look around the stadium and, and train on the 3G, for them to see what it could be like for them if they want to come and play and train with us, then it's, it's, it lights a spark in their head and they think, oh, I quite fancy a bit of that. Um, and then we start recruiting different lads from different places. Um, but yeah, getting the relationships right with the schools is going to be important with us. Um, it's something I'm working on um, as far as getting better relationships. We've got good relationships with Preston School in Yeovil, Westfield in Yeovil. Um, previously, we've recruited quite heavily from places like Gillingham, um, Sturminster Newton High. Um, so we are getting, we're pulling lads from different places. Um, we've, we've taken a couple from Whitstone and Shepton Mallet, I think it is. Um, so we're pulling further afield now as well. And that is just because of the name of the programs getting bigger and better. And people from elsewhere are starting to see, oh, well, Ollie Hayes got a pro. Like I might get a chance to go and kick on and do that. Or so-and-so has played in the Somerset Cup. Or I, oh, he was a couple of years above me at school. And if he's doing that, then I have the chance to go and do it as well. Um, so we will get the numbers there and we will get there. Um, but yeah, Torquay was a really, really good programme nationally, not just in our area in the southwest counties. Like they went and won the um, the National College Cup, which is all of the colleges in the country go into that cup that play football. And for them to go on and win it was was a it was a pretty pretty good feat, um, which is held at Doncaster Stadium. Um, so yeah, for the, for them to do that and if if we can get near that next year, that's, that's a really exciting thing. Um, and for the Southwest counties as well, uh, we, we didn't struggle in that, but we weren't as good as we wanted to be. Um, and I think the lads knew that and the lads will be the first ones to tell you that, but that in, that kind of did us good because it, it made a lot of the lads realise that you're not in an academy anymore. These, there's other teams that are just as good and that, that's a really competitive league. So you've got Torquay in it, Bath College are in it, Bath City are in it and they didn't do as well last year compared to their recent years as well. Um, you've got Bridgewater College, who's probably our closest competitor as far as recruitment as well. Um, and they're a Cat One College programme, so they play in the best college league in the area as well. Um, Mangotsfield is another team in that league who play their games at SGS College, and SGS College in Bristol is, again, a Cat One programme. So they've got really good lads in there who fall out of Bristol City or Bristol Rovers or wherever. Um, so it's, it's going to be a tough league next year as well. They've added three teams as well, four teams to the league. So we're taking Salisbury City are joining it. So that they're, they're ex-winners of the league as well. Um, I think Siren Sester are coming in as well, who've, who've got lovely facilities and things like that. So that Saturday league starting to get more competitive. And for us to kick on and try and do better in that is, is, is something the lads want to do. And, and definitely I want to do as well. Because I always think of when Chris is looking for players, if we lose every week, he's not going to want anyone who's losing every week. So it's, it's tough to sort of stake a claim if we're losing games. So for us to get any success and put pressure on Chris to sort of get lads in, um, we need to be winning games and doing well. And, and the lads know that and the lads want to do that. Um, and I think we'll have more success this year. Um, and we're, up to, we're optimistic with the recruitment we've done because we've, we've brought in some really good lads and obviously the lads we've kept are really good as well. I was going to ask that. How hard is it to find that balance of like, we need to win these games, but also, you know, keep the players developing and keep them confident and happy and that type yeah, of thing? For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, it is tough and it is, 
that is youth football and, and it is development football. Um, are you going to win every game and develop players? It's, it's tough to say so, but I think a lot of it is teaching them how to win. So it's not just saying, right, we have to win and we're going to kick lumps out of the other team or we're going to only use two subs out of five and things like that. It's, it's teaching them how to win as a group and right, we might have to kick a ball away or do something like that as, as far as um, after a foul or something like that to try and win the game. But they're going to have to do that when they go and play in the National League and they're going to have to learn how to win. And to, to be a winner is, is a, a difficult thing to do. But if you are a winner, then you're, you're going to be looked at more favourably as far as going into an environment. And sometimes they can lift teams. If you get someone in who's, who's a winner and they've won things previously, they do lift the, the atmosphere and the environment. So, yeah, there is there is pressure to win, but there's also pressure to develop players. And I, I think it goes hand in hand, really, because if, you, if you're losing every week, you're probably not getting any better. Um, so we will, there is development to be done, but it's, it's, it's teaching the lads how to be better players and working with them technically and tactically and things like that. But I think if you do the right things technically and tactically, the chances are you're probably going to win the game anyway. Um, but yeah, if, if it's not the be all and end all to win win things, but it definitely helps when you're trying to develop people if, you, if you're winning as well. And I think we went on a run where I think when I took over, we didn't lose for maybe two or three months. And that was where lads started to really kick on as far as their development. And it was because they played with like a, a level of confidence about them. Um, and when you've got that confidence, sort of, you think you're a world beater and things like that. So you're, you're going to play better and you're going to, be more keen to come and train and develop and things like that. So, yeah, I think winning and development goes hand in hand, really. There's not a must-win mentality. It's like a, it's not a win or die sort of thing. But if, if we sort of played really well and lads are doing well and we've lost the game 1-0 or whatever or 2-1 or something like that, I, I can kind of live with things like that because um, that that's what the job is, is to develop players for the first team. It's not to win, win little cups in the college league and things like that. But... It is, it's important to get players at the end of the programme as well as have success. And you, you play your league games on a Saturday morning, is that right? The Saturday? Yeah, so, so we play the college games on a Wednesday, which is at right. Hewish Park. Uh, I'm on the 3G. And then the Saturday games are played at Alvington, where the first team trains. So just behind the airfield tavern. Um, yeah. And we normally have 10.30 kickoffs. Um and I'd encourage some of the supporters to come down. If, if if we're playing home and the first team are home, then you can make a day and get two games for sort of the price of one, really, um, and, and see what we're doing because we are working really hard. The lads work really, really hard. They train as much as the first team and, and to have some support and have, have supporters there sort of watching and being around there, um, it makes it better for them and to, to be recognised and to have some recognition for what they're trying to do and what the lads are doing. Is um, is important for their development as well because um, they hear it from me all the time to say they're doing well. But for people who aren't involved in the club to say it as well and, and have supporters and people with an external view to go and say, oh, well, so and so did really well, um, then that's really important for them. Um, but yeah, we we play at Alvington um, this season. We were playing on the first team's training pitch, so the, the pitch was perfect for the lads. It's really good standard. Um, and the standard of football in the league is, is really good. Like I said, it's a really competitive league. Um, so so you, you'd, I think you'd, a lot of the supporters would be surprised with the standard that we play at. Um, so coming from that Youth Alliance League a, a couple of years ago, we've, we've probably got a better team now than we did at times in that, as far as the lads that we're getting out of it. Um, 
obviously the one or two that were better players. Like obviously Alfie Lloyd was an excellent player and he did score shed loads in this league. Um, but that's why he's, he's he's gone on to a higher level now. Um, but yeah, for sure, if 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 supporters want to come and and obviously I'd have, I'd be more than willing to have a chat with them if they want to speak about the program or speak about the 18s, then then I'm always there and, and there to chat to. It's just um, it, it needs to be, and I, and I think it's getting to be more of a community club as well. And that that sort of touch with the fans is is there, and it's it's it's, it's important that we have that relationship with supporters. So if, if people want to come and watch the youth team, that they're more than welcome to um, when we're home and. It's something that me and Sam have spoken about as well as, as far as um, pushing it more and trying to get people out to the games. Like when we play Youth Cup and things like that, if people come to the home games and have a Youth Cup and make a bit of an atmosphere, then the lads are going to respond to it and do better. And it might be the edge to nick us into the first round or something like that, or we might get a big tie or something. So so it, it's important supporters back us and try and support it. Because as well, all the lads we've got are, are local kids. Most of them are from Yeovil or... Sherborne or Kruka and they're all local lads they're all from within Somerset or like Sherborne side of um, of Dorset so they're all local kids so a lot of them are familiar faces for people here it's someone who your son goes to school with or your your, your, your daughter is friends with and things like that so they're all they're all local lads so for the club to support them and support us to get behind them it's, it's, it's really important for them. Put Ian down for a season ticket <laughs> we'll have one. We'll be there 10.30 every Saturday morning and the Airfield Tavern does breakfast so you can nip in there before and then wander in so, oh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know what's holding you back Ian tell the wife <laughs> that's where you're going you're out all well, day well it's, it's, it's the off season isn't it Dave once the uh, once it's back up and running I'll be there front row there you go right. that's yeah. a promise that's a promise <laughs> great well thanks for coming to talk to us Matt we'll um We'll stay in touch throughout the season and keep an eye on the under-18s. We're going to go places, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. Come and get involved. You're more than welcome to come and watch. And the lads would like to see you. A lot of the lads do listen as well. They tell me they listen. So, uh -oh. uh, there you go. <laughs> Hopefully we're not putting them off then. <laughs> You've got to come back with supporters as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, best right. of luck. There you, you heard it. Best of luck for next season and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Okay, so thank you for Matt for joining us. That was an interesting little chat, wasn't it? I mean, he's got a goalkeeping coach, so that puts him one ahead of the first team, I think. So he's he's on and up already, isn't he? He is, yeah. 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 He's um yeah, doing speak speaks well, hasn't he, Matt? He's he's obviously there's a perception about the you know, the academy as such and uh that it's not, you know, we don't have one but you know, as we've heard there, we've got a pathway from three years old and up all through the community sport trust eventually leading to that setup that Matt's got. And, you know, like we said, Ollie Hayes to sign a pro Toby Stevens has signed pro. So it looks like there's, you know, there's progression, there's development there. And hopefully we'll see some of those players starting to break through all very, all very positive. And, you know, the fact that he spoke to Chris Todd, last season and was looking for advice for Chris Todd last season before he'd even joined the club. Um, we've got reasons to be optimistic about the future from that development side, for sure. Yeah. 
and hopefully anyone who's listening who's got a free Saturday morning sounds like the gates are open down at Alvington as uh, Matt said there just down the right hand side of the uh, airfield tavern uh, just across the road from the airfield there so get, yeah get yourself down there it'd be good to see a few people down there and uh, maybe if I drag my sorry backside down from the north I will get myself down there for a game as well you think you'll go in you think yeah, yeah you definitely think if, if Perkins if, will let you out yeah <laughs> if she's not working um yeah I could well I can that's how I can get the boy there can't I get yeah, the boys football we can have yeah. a nice morning out and then come home at lunchtime there you go. Start can't really take up. can't can't take him for a drink, really, can I? You take him for a for breakfast, can't you? Getting pancakes well, yeah. or something from the airfield. Yeah, cabin. but I yeah, but I can't go up the club and get oh, a couple no. of beers before the game with him. No, that's unless I want to get yeah, very frowned upon. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, bringing your how old is he, Freddie? But he'll be five at that point. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a bit <laughs> younger. Okay. Well, we have got some GCQs, some questions. Are you are you up for these? Always. Okay, right. From the top, then. Harry Eaton. Um, this maybe is inspired by the manager's uh, own um, uh, meal deal selection. But he says, what, what's the, yeah, start with the, the, the important ones. What is A, the most expensive meal deal you've ever seen? Saw one for £5 recently. And B, the most amount of money you've ever saved when buying a meal deal i'm not the man for this question i think i think think this this is definitely a ben question isn't it yeah i mean five pound for a meal deal that's like cost of living gone mad isn't it i was gonna say that sounds like it could be marks Spencer's or waitrose or something like that doesn't it yeah or like petrol station type yeah from a service Um, station yeah so i can't really answer that and the most amount of money i i don't know I don't haven't paid attention. I'd pay. I paid. I noticed the other day that if I use my club card in in Tesco, that you get club card prices on a on a meal deal, and I actually saved well probably it was like three pound fifty on a on a meal deal. I thought three. I thought meal deals were only worth three pound anyway. So wow, there you go. Maybe we need to ask that question again when Ben's back. I yeah. think Ben will give you a more meaningful answer. We'll save that one for next week, Harry, or ask it again, and we'll we'll try. Okay. Sorry, Harry. Sorry, Harry. Yeah, we did you very well there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt Olford, or Olford Matt, as he's called here. Is it is it time to start the petition asking for Scott Priestnell to tell what his plans are? Doesn't he learn about a lack of communication? Well, uh, yeah. now, the, the, the petition obviously uh, got him uh, talking last time, or, well, maybe just conveniently coincided with him talking last time, but... Uh, uh, he might say that that little outing that he had back before the um, Dockport game was his uh, was his communication, was him telling everyone what's going on. And what did he say then? He appoint, uh, was going to appoint a manager, which we know that is. He said that there were players who were going to or had options in the contract. So we know who they are. Uh, it's just the all of the off-the-field stuff that I think people are... Um, are waiting for and we do still have a open invitation to mr Priestnell if he wants to come on it's always been there uh, i think i've mentioned it several times um <laughs> <laughs> over the past few weeks subtly or not subtly um but yeah the invitation is open and we have also 
been in contact with Stuart Robbins, the new uh, director at the club, who's appointed a couple of weeks ago. And I think, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong or wave at me if I'm not supposed to be saying this, but I think he said he's happy to come on at some point. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, Stuart said he'll, he'll come on. I think either last week or this week was his first his first days at the club. So he sort of said he wanted to get his feet under the table, figure out a few things first before um, getting grilled by Dave, really. <laughs> Why do you say me? It's not just me, is it? No, no, I know. But grilled by Dave sounds like a trendy restaurant, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe I'll start that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do we need a petition? Hopefully not. Hopefully someone will talk to us. And to be honest with you, with our rec- track record of getting people to talk to us uh, or board members to talk to us, I'm not sure we're the right people to do it anymore, are we? Well, no, but I mean, the whole point of the petition back along was not to get him to talk to us no. specifically, but to no. talk to everyone. And that happened, albeit in the yeah. method that it did. In a um, controlled fashion, a controlled explosion. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I can't be bothered to write another letter, I'm afraid. No, <laughs> no, it might not even be worth the paper it's written on. Not that you write letters on paper anyway, <laughs> do you these days? <laughs> it's not worth the ink. I shall exactly need. yes the the quill we're working with. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got a couple here from Robin Bachelor. Just checking, nothing about working in there. No. Um, okay, uh, Robin Bachelor, do you think it is a benefit to us that all of the coaching team are from the southwest? If their strategy is to recruit players from the area, then I think this could help mitigate the usual problems of player retention and give players time to appreciate in value. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's definitely a benefit. I think having heard that conversation with Matt, the experience and reputation that Chris Todd has got is going to be massive in that sort of recruitment side of things, I would have thought. And, you know, given that he was the um, England College's coach as well, he's going to have connections with plenty of players up and down the country. So I think that's a huge benefit. And, you know, as far as Marcus Stewart goes, I, you know, I, he's probably, you know, just from his name value and his experience with us before, he's probably the one who I'm sort of most excited about being around just because of what he's done. You know, if you know, there's so much that Marcus Stewart knows about the game that he'll never be able to teach, but what he can teach will will benefit everyone. Yeah, I mean, the manager said it last week, didn't he, about how you know, people who they were talking to for players started, uh, yeah, obviously were, were, were attracted by the fact that, that Marcus Stewart was there. So, yeah, hopefully, and hopefully a bit of their West Country accent will rub off on people as well. <laughs> when yes. we get, uh, yeah, when, when, when Tom Knowles comes out with like a thick West Country accent, we'll know what's happened, won't we? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, That's experience. Um, another one from Robin. Uh, with the lack of transfer news now, can can any of you make up some predictable transfer rumours to fill the void? I'm going to offer Cameron Hargreaves as first signing and Ruben Reed to Chippenham Town, the best back-to-goal striker in National League South. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Cameron Hargreaves probably is a, uh, a fair bet, isn't it, given the, uh, the surname um, and, co- and connections there. Uh, what other ones had we heard? Omar um, Musa from Weymouth seems to be a name that keeps uh, coming up. I yeah, mean, I would. I see. I wouldn't. I 
I wouldn't mind him. I liked him last season. Mm. I think particularly in the first in the FA Cup game, the home one. We yep. made him we made him look like Patrick Vieira at points. He he was he was brilliant. The second one not so much. He got sent off in the, the he league. Did. He game. got the two bookings, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think there's some some quality there and a type of midfielder that we didn't have last season. Um I'm gonna bang the Jay Falston from Taunton Town drum again. Yeah. Set pieces, free kicks, he's a wand of a left foot. You know, we moaned about set pieces all all season last year. So let's have him. And the Paul Town guy, the strike the Tony Tony I can't remember his name. No, I can't um, remember his name. Tony. Tony, come on down. Yeah. Hey, hey Tony. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we need a goal scorer and I think he scored goals. There's something a little bit there's something a little bit nostalgic about us picking up a gem from the lower leagues who scores goals, you know, a little bit like Mr. Stansfield did. Um, you know, what's to say that's not a what's saying that's not a possibility? That would be that'd be good. Yeah, be, be a good story, wouldn't it? There's a few uh, clubs that you've seen um, pick up. Uh, Tony Lee, was there Tony Lee. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a yeah who've who've picked up players from lower leagues and and players who in the national league have um I oh, sorry in the in the football league have picked up players from non-league as well. I noticed that uh, Stockport picked up is it Lemonade Evans from uh, Torquay, didn't they? Yeah. Um. So yeah, you you see a lot of players who who, who step up and obviously um the uh what's his name the angry blueberry or blackberry from Pete uh, Wilde has taken a few from, from Halifax notes, Tom Bradbury signed for Cheltenham, I think. Um, uh, so yeah, so there's a few that have, that have done it. And from those lower league, I mean, we mentioned it last week, saw it with, uh, with Reese Murphy coming from Chelmsford. So yeah, don't see, don't see why not. Um, it will be, yeah. Be, will be a good one but yeah Ruben Reed. I hope uh, wherever he goes he, he continues with his uh, you know back to goal strengths well, well we, we'll keep an eye on Mark Little though won't we because he's teaming up with a uh, friend yeah, of the show Sean, Sean McDonald. McDonald so <laughs> friend of the show yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah we, we have had a couple of questions um, asking about uh, transfer rumours heard and any reliable sources for that information Sam is uh, a question from Mark Spalding, uh, Green Warrior one six one. Is he? Uh, a, is that like an eco-friendly thing, or a... I think so. Yeah, I imagine he's yeah. the kind of guy who like camps out in in trees when there's like bypasses being built and stuff like that. Yeah, it's Green yeah. Warrior, eco warrior. So yeah, <laughs> if you see a man walking around Hewis Park in like, open-toed sandals and uh, riding a bike, that would probably be Mark, I'd imagine. Yeah, or wearing boxing gloves and talking in a Russian accent. Um, Mark also asks uh, uh, a couple of questions. Well, actually, we've got one question from Mark and one question from It's People! Exclamation mark. Soylent Green. Soylent Green. 196, who asks the question around, uh, well, I'll I'll, I'll put it from here. Ask the question. Ask the question. question. (laughs) GCQs have been impressed with the words and actions of the new management team, but at the same time, Deeply worried about the owner's lack of words and dubious actions. I feel conflicted. Should fans stay away or come back in droves to support what should be a great team? 
What do you think, Ian Perkins? Oh, it's it is a really conflicting one, and I I not sure I'm the best person to give an answer on that because you're you're the I, person I'm asking though, so you are yeah, the best I know, person I know, said. but but I don't. <laughs> You're the only other person in this conversation, so you're the only person I can ask. Um, I personally, I would think we need to have more of an idea of what the plan is, um, what the plan is off the pitch before. If if I was going to be committing my money to a season ticket, which I'm not going to because of being able to do the BBC stuff and I can't afford to spend 330 pound in one month like to, to get one um i would i would be reluctant to part with my money as it stands until i knew more about what the plan was off the pitch that said if we sign five really good players and it looks like we're building a really strong team you know that might you know that might sway me but i think there's there's definite clarity needed still about you know what what's happening um is there going to be a, a more additions to the board is there going to be uh you know a vision a concrete framework um yeah you know what what is the what is the situation going to be but you know as as the clock as the clock ticks and we get closer to the season and we start seeing players arrive and we start seeing pitches of training and we start seeing you know the preseason friendlies um start getting played there's definitely that you know that itch is going to be there to go and support i think for for many and i think the manager marcus stewart and chris todd have done some pretty good pr for the forthcoming season and and they've done they've done what they can do to get people excited and you know i think Obviously, we had that first-hand conversation about it, and we were very, you know, we were all buzzing off the back of it. So, um, I think if the actions match up with the words of the the coaching staff and the management team, then brilliant. We just need to get a little bit more. I think, um, as and when we feel <laughs> it's felt that we need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that's I, I, the other thing is like obviously last season. You know, Scott admitted that he sort of checked out last season, didn't he? And that the whole takeover situation and he was felt he was on his way. I think we can't be in another situation like that this year where he he's not around or he's not, you know, you know, engaged with supporters, engaged with the board in the same way, because it just can't be like that again. There needs to be a presence. There needs to be um, that that vision and and he needs to be be around for sure i would say if he's going to run the club he's got to be at the club yeah. <laughs> i think that's what you'd expect from any owner and chairman of a of a football club yeah 
it's a shame isn't it that we have to that that people ask these questions or feel the need that they have to ask these questions because in reality when you look at it from a, a footballing perspective and I know that there's a lot of people who listen to this and a lot of people out there whose interest is in the football and that's it and and everything that they've heard from Chris Hargreaves and everything they see with retaining players and all the rest of it that's all they want to know they don't want to know anything else about the off the field stuff or they're less interested in it I, I know yeah. there are people out there like um like that it would be wonderful. I would love it if I could, if that's all I could think about and just know that the off the field stuff is sorted. But uh, if, if I lived closer to Yeovil and I had the option of buying a season ticket, I, I also wouldn't buy one at the moment. And I think that puts even more onus on the owner and his board or his fellow director, I should probably call him, to come out there and, and, and say those things because it's not a group of internet hoodies who are who are saying this. This is a you know there will be a lot of other people out there like this who are waiting to see what happens. And I think there's been too many excuses offered up by the owner. And I think excuses like, well, I checked out because I thought there was the because um, I thought there was going to be a takeover. I'm sorry, but that's not an excuse for me. You're the owner of a football club. You bought a football club knowing what that involved. And if you didn't know what that was involved, then that, that's pretty bloody naive. And of all the things I've, of course, got personal, naive is not one of them. So I, I, I think he, you know, he, he knew what he was getting himself into. And he's got a responsibility, whether he likes it or not, to follow up on the things that he said. And that's really what anyone's asking him to do. Nobody's asking him to do anything that he hasn't said he's going to do. Mm. And if he can't do the things, don't say you can do them. <laughs> that's quite simple. Listen to your manager last week. Your manager didn't come and say, I can get you in the playoffs and I can win the league and I can challenge this. Your manager um, painted a positive but realistic view of what is possible. So my recommendation to Scott Priestnell would be take a leaf out of your manager's book to go out there, communicate openly with people, be honest with people about what it is you're doing. And you can keep it, uh, you know, calm people's fears. You can make people feel positive without going out there and, uh, and, and, and promising the world, but going out there, making promises that you don't then fulfill uh, making excuses, blaming other people. And there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that from the, the owner since he, since he came in. And I'm not saying he's had it easy because, you know, COVID and all the rest of it, it's been probably the hardest time to take over running a football club. So I, I give him all the, the, you know, the credit and the credit in the bank for, 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 for doing that. But time's up. Scott, you got to step up. You or your fellow director or whoever it is, just do the things that you said you're going to do. There you go. All right. Stuart Robbins will be listening to this going, ah, I'm not coming on this. <laughs> I don't want to listen to that gobshite, do I? <laughs> fair, fair comment. Yeah. No, uh, no, I'm sure you'll be fine, Dave. <laughs> grilled by Dave. Yeah, grilled by Dave. That's it. <laughs> right, I'm going to, I'm going to pattern that one. Yeah. What do you reckon, like toasted, toasted sandwiches or something like that? Or are we talking, I think, more of a steakhouse? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking. Steakhouse. Th thick meats. Thick meats? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Days thick. No, no, let's not do that. Okay. Well, I think that kind of answered all the questions. 
<laughs> Sorry, I've, I've set Ian off now. Um, uh, because Green Warrior, uh, obviously got um, down from his uh, from his treehouse to, uh, to answer. The only other question he asked was, can we have a Find Scotty competition? Well, I think if we were trying to find Scotty again, our record of it, yeah, pretty limited as well in terms of what, how we've what we've achieved from that. So I think we've answered everybody's GCQs for the evening. There we go. Well, thank you very much for sending all your questions. Uh, I'll hand over the baton to you and Ben for next week, as yes. I will be in a Somerset field, drinking cider, watching some music, hopefully. Just just for any particular reason, or are you just going to... Uh, no, no particular reason. No um, particular field, no particular reason. Just going to go, well... Yeah. If anyone else is going to Glastonbury, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have any... I'm not going to be wearing any Glover's Cast merch or with a Glover's Class fag, but if you hear my voice, come and say hi. <laughs> There'll be no one else there. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a couple no. of people wandering around in the field, won't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're bound to see him. Right, okay. I'm sure well, I'll enjoy yourself. some Glovers. I'll try to, I'll try to, and I'll try not to get too drunk. Yeah, and I hope the uh, the weather is good for you as well. Not too hot and no okay. rain, please. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 